There's no doubt that the game has changed, and we are changing with it. Welcome to Season 2, because in this season, it is all about how we become and stay operational. How we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman. Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. This is your Friday kind of after-action wrap-up of this week's topic, which was being operational. And if you joined us on Monday, you listened to me talk about the kind of core six operational pillars, what they look like, how we apply them. And then Wednesday, we got into a really good conversation with my friend uh, and a guy I have a lot of respect for, Mark Briggs. Uh, really understands what it means to be operational across a variety of environments, put his ass on the line, really shared some great stories with us. And then today we're going to get a little different look because I have with me two freaking gritty firemen, firemen's firemen, you know, first of all, Michael Root Burrier. So brought him on. Listen, actually, today's a very special day because it is Friday, September 6th. It not only is Michael's birthday, but this is his 30-year anniversary as a firefighter. So Mike's been in the Northern Virginia, Prince George's County environment forever. He is a gritty, dirty, dirty fireman at times. Uh, I've known Mike for several years. Really going to give it to us straight, and I appreciate that. And Robert Reed, 17 years as a career fireman in the Roanoke, Virginia area, plus five years as a volunteer, Switchwater Rescue, rad human being. Hangs out with our buddy, and I don't know why he does this, but he hangs out with our buddy Robert Paparo over at 555 Fitness. Really cares about the community, really gives a shit, and puts his ass on the line every day for it. So, guys, thanks for joining me today on this conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you yeah, very man. much. Dude, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be fun. We were just wrapping a little bit before the show. I was telling these guys, you know, Mike, you've known me forever. I'm like, don't hold anything back. You know, you can remember when I was a fat ass and, you know, we call each other out and that's, that's kind of part of it. So, you know, today's episode is really about this conversation of does, does any of this shit work? I mean, I think for me, I struggled for so long in the world of mindset and kind of touching that stuff because you guys know this, there's a lot of hokey crap out there. There's a lot of stuff that's, you know, good theory, but isn't going to work in the, on the fire ground, isn't going to work screaming up and down the streets. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't really resonate with the community. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, most of what we do is theory, you know, and then to actually have something, uh, tangible that you can put your hands on your wrap your mind around or whatever is a little easier to swallow every now and then yeah man mike go yeah i agree it um you know in this newer fire service things of anymore, you know so having the uh you know the ability to have these things to cross-reference you know you know me man it's every day is a learn if i don't learn something new every day i feel i failed so, uh, yeah. you know, I take something from everyone, even if you are the worst or the lowest, it doesn't matter. I know I'm going to get something from you to take. And, and I think that's, that's the key to survivability anymore. 
Dude, that's exactly right. I mean, it is the the world. The game name of the game today is humble yourself every freaking moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, Mike, you grew up in PG. I mean, you started a long time ago when it was yeah. really, really, really gritty shit. You know what I mean? Guys yeah. pulling masks off each other and and doing some doing some real hardcore stuff. And you know, while some of that stuff may go on from time to time now, I mean, I think that. I think you have seen, well, I, my impression of the fire service, I, I think you saw, we had a really cool space for a long time to about the early nineties. And then we kind of saw this massive transition in the fire service across the country go on massive, is, is the massive dude. I mean, like, you know, kinder, gentler, everybody's okay. You know, kind of weird stuff. And I think what you've started to see is a little, you know, that pendulum start to swing back a little bit over the last few years. You know, clearly you got guys coming out of the military, joining the fire service. So you got a little bit guys with street experience, combat, et cetera. But I see this kind of change, but the change I think is pretty cool. Cause I see this, like this growth change happening. I, I don't know. You guys tell me you're still riding fire trucks. You're still engaged. You're still on there. But from the outside looking in, I see more, people willing to take things on or learn or grow at a total different level. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I have a, I have a one year rookie, uh, and then one who's only like a year and two months. I think my most senior person is, uh, just over senior firefighter anyway, is just over seven years. Um, our department's gone young. So, uh, yeah, I'm seeing that big change of, of how they learn or how we learn actually. Uh, and yeah. I say we, we, because I'm learning from them the same as they're learning from me. Uh, and, and it's definitely, I was right there on that tail end. I came in in 96, 97. So I was yeah. on the tail end being out here in Southwest Virginia, it was still happening somewhat of those harder, hard nose, uh, smoking on the rig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. That was a good fire, by the way. I know nothing about that. <laughs> you know, now, now I look around and I'm looking for those guys, right? I'm looking for those guys and gals and I'm like, Hey, where, where are they? And then it's like, Oh, that's right. You know, they've left. It's now me. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, um, <laughs> most definitely. I, uh, you know, I get to see it full circle now because currently I'm a captain assigned to recruit training. So, uh, Right. Yeah, man. So you, I mean, I just graduated a class and I think the oldest one when there was 34 or 35 and that was the oldest person in the class, but the rest, they were, they were young. I mean, 19 year olds. And, and uh, I didn't coin this phrase. I don't remember where I heard it, but I've been using that out of it is Xbox to box alarms, man. Like these kids are coming <laughs> in with, it's not just that it's no life skills. So like, I mean, yeah. cooking for themselves and everything, they're clueless, but they want to learn. So it was my biggest challenge to me was screaming and yelling in these kids, you know, and and, and getting down and dirty with them. It, they were just locking up. So it was like, right, something has got to give, you know, and I, and I went and took a couple classes on basically how do I relate as the 30-year fireman to this 19-year-old kid that now wants to take on this job. And um, the, the biggest thing I got out of it is they – have had the why in their hands all their life. If they wanted the answer to something or they yeah. needed the why, they type it into Google and they have the answer. So I had to, you know, reconfigure myself to say, okay, how do I give you the why? You know, and once I figured that out and started explaining things differently, like this is why, you know, this is why I teach you this. This is why I give you these stories. This is why I tell you 
you know, that the ultimate outcome of this is that you're going to die. Um, if you don't, you know, pay attention, like this isn't a game, you know, this isn't where you're going to turn the power on and off reset and get nine more lives. Like this is one and done, you know, you don't do this yeah. right. And, and the worst case scenario is you might not get killed, but somebody else might get killed trying to cover your ass for your, you know, um, complacency. And that's just not okay. Um, once yeah, I I know, old school buddy, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I know old school buddy, his, his statement was always like, look left, look right. You see the PowerPoint here? I don't think so. Get your head in the game. Exactly. You know, because it ain't there. Exactly. You know, these, um, teaching them to, to think on their feet, like, yeah, you're going to get SOPs. You're going to get these guidelines, everything. That shit doesn't come off the rig with you. You got to step foot in the soil <laughs> and look and say, this is what we're going to do. Like, you're going to come in on plan A, and when the fire's out, you're probably going to be on plan Z. And that's just an everyday yeah, fire, yeah. you know, but you have got to be able to pull audibles. You've got to think on your feet. There's not going to be direction. There's not going to be Google. <laughs> you know, there's not going to be. Anything. Yeah, man. And I think that's the biggest Dude, uh, challenge right now. Yeah, it's so prevalent. I mean, this whole idea that I think part of the negative, that you know, part of understanding this process is, you know, next week we take on awareness as a skill set. And like what that really means. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know, stretch, stretching far beyond just kind of this idea of situational awareness. Like what does awareness and presence mean? Cause I'm a big believer, you know, I've had a unique opportunity to kind of operate in a variety of ways. And if there's one core thing I've learned over time, the situation at hand holds the answers. Yes, sir. You just gotta be able to see them. You know, you gotta be willing to see the path that you need to take path or paths it might be you know yeah. it might be there might be more totally. than one you got to totally. pick the right one at the time and you can't get focused on just the one without seeing maybe a shortcut spur or a better way to the right or left yeah and always be willing to adjust you know i, yeah. I used to call it my, my 10 degree rule right 10 degrees left or right you Which know i, I got a that. primary yeah primary <laughs> mission 10 degrees left or right you know i'm I, so i stay in flow right i stay in in the process of it yeah i mean i think that goes that's that's why Listen, last season, you know, we did 25, 24 episodes with some great people on there, great conversations. And then I sat back and I got a lot of feedback and I was just like, what are we, what are we missing? What do we need to do? Where are we going to take people? And, you know, the operational mindset, programming, coursework, all of it, it's always been an evolution. I mean, I don't know that I've ever taught that thing, what, 20 years now? I don't know that I've ever taught the same class twice. But I think what, what I wanted to see was, how do we start to put this in a structural way so people can wrap their hands around it and have something to go, you know, action on? And that's why, you know, I think these six pillars have become the foundation. And I like even the idea of the pillar because the pillar is, you know, what rests between the foundation, right? What we, what we come with and then all the shit that's going to happen on top of us, right? That's that, that's partly why there's some background to that. But, you know, and Robert, I'm going to let you handle this one, you know, root jump in. I mean, if we look at number one, physical condition, oh yeah, that's a, yeah. dude, that's oh, yeah. a, that's been my biggest challenge in life. I mean, I won't run away from it. That's well, been, I, I don't think it's oh. anybody, if, if, if anybody says it's not their biggest challenge, they're lying to themselves. Um, I mean, I've struggled <laughs> with it. I mean, I, straight up, like it's one of those, uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've struggled with it myself. I, I came out of rookie school thinking that I was, uh the the bad ass firefighter that they trained me to be um got complacent uh changed uh shape as i like to say it because uh, because <laughs> i've waited about the same for numerous years but uh 
and, and I had a slight injury. I sprained my back really bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, now I can't work out. Right. So you start building those excuses. And once you start building those excuses, you realize you're not getting any better at anything. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got to kind of take a, a second look back and say, wait a minute. Yeah, I injured my back. Yeah, I'm probably going to hurt my back some more. But if I work at that uh, through proper, proper exercise, deadlifts, even deadlifts, yes. Uh, you know, yep. I can actually prevent injury. Um, and since then, I, I mean, I still every now and then, you know, sneeze wrong and fall on the floor. But for the most part, I've gotten stronger. And and going back to this to the to the newer generation that's coming in, I mean, they they want that. They want to be stronger in everything. Yeah. Like uh, like yeah. you said, the Google Why says yeah, that they, be, they understand it. And and I'm finding it easier now to to get people on board. You know, I tried to implement a physical fitness program in my department. And I mean, it got shut down quick and it was just all, uh, people saying, well, you know, uh, I, I mow every day. I can out mow you all day. Well, you're right. You can't out mow me all day, but let's go out here. Let's put on a pack and let's see who can last a bottle the longest, you know? And, yeah, and exactly. Now you don't have that. Now you don't have yeah. that. You have people mm-hmm. willing to actually get better functionally, not just for show. Yeah, uh, than we used to for sure. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest strategic benefits that's happened over the last couple of years, you know, several years, is that the physicality part has definitely stood up, you know, CrossFit taking hold, things like brute force, you know, I mean, all the guys that are out there, right, it's a cooler way to work out. I think that's definitely been a piece to it, you know, and, and Mike, I want you to hop in here because when I talk about physical condition, you know, I'm not talking about like standards. I'm not talking about what the department says, you know, you must do X, Y, and Z. I'm really talking about, you know, the question, right? The the ultimate humble yourself, strip down naked, stand in front of a full-length mirror and really ask yourself, are you in the physical condition necessary to meet the rigors and demands and the expectations of your profession? Right? I mean, that's the that's the question. Absolutely. <laughs> I um and you're absolutely right, Jeff, because I mean, anybody that's been in over 10 years, 12 years at that point, I mean, maybe even sooner than that now, but I know when I came into recruit school, I had 15 years in the fire service. And like you said, I mean, down and dirty, getting fires and everything else. And I went through PT and every day it was like, God, I'm going to die. You know, like, good Lord. And was like, don't lose it. And I reverted back. I went right back to my old ways, you know, and then, um, yep. you know, 30 years brings, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit with you. I've, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career to see everything. So, you know, I, I had a, my epiphany in my, you know, 30 years came about four or five, four years ago. And I walked out of a bar and I walked into a gym and, you know, wow. and it was like, all right, well, you're making this move. What are you going to do? So I'm like, I'm not that dumbass standing around looking at stuff like I'm a bench presser. I'm going to do this. Like no clue how to train myself or what I was doing, but I knew I was dedicated to it. So then the second concept was, well, you got to learn what you're doing. So then I started reaching out to the fit people, to everybody that, you know, and then started following like five, five fitness, you know, every started like really trying to teach myself, you know, I'm in a process now becoming a, a personal trainer, certifying myself through NASA as a personal trainer. And, um, that was, you know, the hardest journey was figuring out what to do. And that's the biggest hurdle that I find with the field staff. Well, I would go out there, but I don't know what to do. Or I would see people right. like, working out as a group. And so some of them know what to do. And they're taking kids out who have never worked out. And they're throwing this CrossFit workout on them. And they're hurting. 
So, yeah. you, you know, so now these kids are out there trying to do the weight of the same weight that somebody has been doing this stuff for two, three years and they're hurting their kids. Well, now they're timid and you're scared to death. They don't want to touch it at all. And so it was like, all right, where's the happy meeting? You have the people that don't know what to do. So they're choosing to do nothing. And then you have the people that do know, but they're not teaching. They're just saying, well, you can get it on my workout. Well, that doesn't work either. You know, so like, right. I'm kind of blessed. My department just got a grant. O2 and O2X came in and they did the entire department. Everybody went through a, yeah. a you know, it's a four week program. Everybody went one day. Um, now we have another company coming in that's designing the recruit training program. That's, you know, all about functional movement and preventing injuries before the workouts and stuff. So, I mean, they're putting the knowledge out there. It's just getting these people to really absorb it. And it's just like, uh, like I said, when they, once they start and they get the hook in their mouth, you know, once you start realizing how much better you feel and less stress and everything else, like it really, it really binds you and, and you become, it's, it's like your new drug, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Well, you know, and I and I'll say even like for my own, I think the you know the physical it's not just about throwing weights around, and you know, and I'll put the shameless plug in right now for our biggest sponsor, Brew Force Sandbags. I mean, I love that sandbag workout because I feel like it's a little bit of an equalizer, right? It, it doesn't. You can hit the level you need to hit with it. You're not going to hurt people. You know what I mean? There's just a lot more flexibility into it, but. Moving aside and, and from 50, that, fifty pounds and seventy-five pounds has never humbled you so much before in your dude, life, dude. I my bag, I told you, yeah, man, my bag's my, my bag's like thirty-five or forty pounds. It kicks the shit out of me in twenty minutes. Yeah, that's a true thing. Yeah, I'll be, dude. I will be in brute force training center in the new training center Friday morning at nine a.m. Getting crap kicked out of me. So that'll so so I'll be doing a little live, but you know, as this thing airs, is so you know. Well, another if you're listening right now, yeah. Another huge thing too is functional fitness. So like once well once yeah. a week or once every two weeks, yeah. it's full gear, pack on your back and do a circuit, you know, nothing load bearing or anything where you're yep. gonna hurt yourself, but like striking, climbing, you know, all those things, breathing that air, like train your body to be a tactical athlete, train your body for the job. Don't train it to go out and be Mr. Yeah. Olympia because those cats can't run a block. You know, but like, you know, get that yep. stuff on your body, get your body trained to carrying that, that extra 150 pounds. You know, I'm going to be, I mean, I'm 46 years old today. So there's yeah. people that can't catch me on a fire ground to this day. And I pride myself on that. I tell them all the time, it shouldn't be to try to beat me. I should be chasing your young ass down religiously. You know, I'm, I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm 46 years old. There's no way I should be in front of you. But, I'm never gonna. Yeah, man. We, we used to have a little saying. We used to have a little saying that we would always look at guys and be like, you know, I was you once, but yeah. you'll never be me. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm writing that one down. Yeah. I'm writing that one down right oh, now. We'll, we'll, watch it. Yeah, we'll put that on T-shirt. Yeah, I was you once, but you'll never be me. You got that right. Uh, and so, well, and Robert, you know, and here's the thing I was going to jump in with you, and uh, Robert, I'll give you a second here, but you know, it's and it goes beyond just the waiting, right? I mean, I've learned. You know, lately here over this last couple of years, uh, the Agoscu method, the posture alignment, the posture therapy, like now before I work out, I have a whole Agoscu menu I do. I have a morning series, happy back yoga program I do that's like 10, 15 minutes, just get my body in alignment, make sure my feet, you know what I mean? Like, like it goes beyond physical, physicality and the physical condition you need to be in goes 
goes well beyond just throwing a bag, throwing weights around, putting all stuff on and, and like actually sweating. There are some things in here now that like go into that physical conditioning side. Oh yeah. And, and you know, some of that we can attribute to age cause we're all there. Uh, you <laughs> used to not have to, you used to not have to warm up so much or cool down so much, but like, I find that if I stop, I hurt more than if oh. I just oh, keep some sort of movement going. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that you have to be out there uh, snatching 250 every day, but but keep moving. You know, uh, uh, with the O2X, you know, they were in Loudoun County too, up y'all's way, and yep. uh, uh, one of the amazing specialists they had talked about even if you can only do the 15 minute warm up each day, do the 15 minute warm up, and you're going to get better each day. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. going to be easier to transition into that actual physical fitness part of it or that functional fitness part of it. And and when I heard that, you know, I, she blew me away with that one. I was like, yeah, that's what we need to be preaching is it's not so much doing what you see. It's just doing it. That's sorry. So I, <laughs> yeah, no, hey, man. Well, and I, I made myself a commitment, you know, kind of like you, Mike, a couple of years ago, you know, I literally said, I don't want to have to start over again. Like the pain <laughs> and agony of starting over again. Oh, yeah. I just... Dude, <laughs> I don't want to ever be there again. You know, you just, I mean, that's just even when you miss a week on vacation. You know, just that Monday back. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like what was I thinking? So uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. All right, so physical condition, pillar one, right? I mean, I think we agree that's critical, and we understand kind of the breadth around it. Here's here, here's where I want to dive into the conversation next. I want to talk about mental acuity because this goes to something we kind of were talking about a little bit earlier with these guys being present, being able to make decisions. You know, when I look at mental acuity and you guys know I'm a geek, so I get into the whole heart rate variability, what's going on, you know, closing the cognitive aperture, not having the awareness capability, but you know, your mental acuity, it's a muscle just like all the rest of them. I mean, it's a skill set you have to develop over time through study, research, analysis, like actually sitting down, having a conversation, listening to the stories that are taken on, you know, and, and always learning, always kind of growing and sharpening that, that awareness and decision-making because those things go hand in hand, right? So I'm only, my decision is only as good as the information I'm taking in. And can I transition through that? So where do you guys see that playing out? What do you think there? Well, I like how you have the physical aspect just before, or the physical pillar just before the mental pillar, because I see it as you can use the physical to train the mental and start to, to be aware and be yeah. uh, understanding of what's going on. You know, when you're, when you're in the suck, breathing heavy, what are you thinking about? Holy cow, this sucks. I'm breathing heavy. All right. Well, <laughs> let your mind wander, right? Start yeah. looking around you. Like I'm, I'm a huge people watcher. And now that I go to a Globo gym and 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 not one of those uh, CF gyms anymore, I get a chance to like look in the mirror at the people behind me and and start just processing it. Oh yeah. Uh, and don't get focused. You know, let let yourself wander almost. I know that's probably not what you're looking for, but no. it lets you. You know, it lets you say, all right, I'm really all I can concentrate now is breathe, 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 breathe. All right. Well, is there anything else I can concentrate on? Do I have to sit here and just say, breathe, breathe, breathe to myself? And you'll find that your, your rate probably goes down once you stop mm -hmm. thinking about it as much. Uh, the heart rate actually drops a little bit. You get comfortable where you are. Yeah. Say it. But yeah, I mean, and then going into the, the, the training, the folks, you know, the, the kitchen stories, uh, yeah. yeah, most of them are a little elaborated, but really there's some good stuff in there. If you listen, 
Dude, I grew Most up. Definitely. I mean, Michael Tate. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I, I I got the best. I got I got the best freaking training washing dishes in the kitchen. You know, because I mean, uh, where I grew up as a fireman, it was all founded by you know old retired DC Fairfax County like old school firemen, and they what do the retired firemen do? Or you know, every day of their life, their wives don't want them around the house. They come sit at the fire, drink coffee, and freaking bullshit and tell stories all day long. You know, I mean, I, hey, man. or you go hang up. Yeah, you go hang up and freaking PG with those boys for a while and listen to some of that shit. I mean, that's the that's where the goodness lies. So, you know, and I think once you begin to take that, you know, the cool thing is the brain doesn't know whether you really experienced it or whether you, you know, worked on it through visualization, a couple of those techniques we can talk about later, but <laughs> Or you have that guy who did experience it from everybody's stories. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. right. I was kind of there shit I listened to the table talk. You're like, <laughs> I heard, I heard one day. Right. Yeah. I can't agree no. more with both of that. And having that physical condition right above the, the metal is, 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 is key, Jeff, because, you know, for years I didn't work out, you know, I was young, I was spry, I was good. Yeah. And I was taught at a very young age and I was, able to start actually fighting fire at the age of 16 um before yeah all the me rules, too yep. before yeah. all the rules change yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know I, change, yeah. I was taught at a young age after that bad fire or that bad code or something you know or somebody's you know more than once i've had to you know scrape the skin off of my coat from somebody that i pulled out but yeah you know it was putting me in the car and there's a six pack of beer with one of the old senior guys and i'm like well you didn't get a cooler with ice and my lesson that time was well boy if you bought ice you got too much beer <laughs> and it was like, yeah. drink up, this is therapy and you'll be good to go. Well, you know, after so long, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and it never did, no, you know, not at all. It never cured any of it. And then, so now you carry around these things, but now with the physical aspect of it, you know, when I get to my worst, like I, I'm looking down and my heart rate's pinging at like 180 and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to give it up now. I'm just going to, you know, that's where I found to channel myself. And that's why I try and teach what I'm teaching the young ones is, you know, when your heart rate's up and you're, and you're pinned down in a fire and there's a roof laying on you, when, when, when that time, that most critical moment of your life, that's when you got to have the 100% most mental clarity. That's when you got to be on your A game. Cause if you're not, you die. So like to save yep. yourself, like if you do your RIT research and you do these maydays and everything, you'll see 90, half these people save themselves before somebody actually mm -hmm. gets to them. And if you're in there and you just full mouth open, panic, can't control your breathing, that's it, suck the cylinder down by. Well, you know, when you're at, at the most probably critical point of your career, that's when you got to be at the absolute most pristine mental state. So that fizzle, you know, like you're saying, control your breathing. When you get to that, look down, realize your heart, you know, you feel your heart jumping out of your chest. That's when you, you clench your, you know, your teeth. I just did it the other day. I had a great workout 20 minutes in. I was like, I still got some gas and I'm huffing and puffing. I went and did, down. I went and did 21 <laughs> floors with my stuff on and I just clenched three to see how, how many floors yep. I would get out of from when the new yep. pass device went, you know, and just forced myself. To, and yeah. he was right. My, my heart rate dropped instead of going up, it came down from clench breathing. So, I mean, yeah, you've got it. Yeah, man. Well, then you, I'm sorry, your Robert, research also, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, your written <laughs> no, research go. also talks about like, uh, uh, what was said prior to that mayday, right? You know, you hear, you hear, uh, I can't think of the name of the company now that did all this gathering of data. And, uh, 
you hear these these cues, these cues that they're saying over the radio, you know, hey, I, I'm getting really hot in here, you know, and you can almost hear the panic in their voice if you listen, yes. if they haven't actually uh, recorded the radio broadcast. Yep. You can hear that the panic was there before the May Day happened. And I, I would love to see a, uh, a study done where, all right, of those folks who you hear that panic, of the ones that actually took a second to be uh, aware of what was getting ready to happen, didn't have that May Day, right? Which we'll never probably never have that info, but gosh, wouldn't that be Oh my God, would that be phenomenal? They, <laughs> hey man, and let me tell you something, guys, that goes, and that goes far beyond the fire service. I mean, that, I've got that, I've got the same process out of the, out of the uh, law enforcement community, same stuff out of the military. I mean, that is why, you know, when we dig into the, the operational uh, cycle, the model, that's why there's this reorientation instant, right? It's kind of that ability, and this is where that mental acuity to me plays out. Like when we go, when we stretch that out, and then how do I, what's what's behind mental acuity? I mean, there's like, you know, 40 hours of classwork behind that shit, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's months of stuff behind that. But what it comes down to is it's the ability to kind of recognize where I am and what I need to, what action do I need to take right now? Do I need to breathe? Do I need to settle down? Do I need to clinch breathe? Do I need to box breathe? Do I, like, what do I, what am I doing in action right now? You know, and next week when we talk about awareness, I talk about the kind of these four <laughs> key points and it is situation, environment, others, and self. And those have to collide. If you can't hit all four instantaneously, you're not aware. You're missing something. And so, Man, I think that that's, you know, that's such a critical, critical component of how we operate and, you know, go back to training the young guys. How do I think? How do I get their head out of the phone? Google ain't going to be there. PowerPoint slide ain't going to be there. You know, what are you, what are you seeing and acting on right now? And I think that's so powerful when you can begin to train that way. And it's huge, you know, to go back to what Mark was saying, you know, where he, uh, gets gets his uh crew to spike their heart rate and then do some pistol work right yeah yeah um, you know are we doing that in the fire service no usually we're not right it's this nice easy calm uh all right go get your stuff on we're gonna go in here and do a burn or whatever um <laughs> no, my, you, my well you're right no <laughs> no you, shit on it's on <laughs> we we so where i am we just transitioned from we, we had a class a burn we went to the class b burn and they finally realized what was happening with the class B. And we've actually took all the class B stuff out of it and made it back to a class. Oh, a thank burn. God. Mm. So, you know, it tells you that, yeah, right. It tells you what's happening, that people are starting to realize this, but like, I think it's the smoke divers, right? Anytime yeah. they're doing PT or anytime they're doing uh, something that requires you to use your brain, they have a burn barrel right there next to you. So that even just the smell of smoke uh, doesn't become a distraction. It actually gets you to start tuning in, right? right. You, you start yeah, smelling the smoke, you're like, oh, I got to be on my game. Right. Get you locked in on it. And, and yeah, how do we do that other than burning something every day at the firehouse while, while we're doing chores or whatever? I, I'm not real sure. That's where you come in, Jeff. I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got some good shit for you later, Robert. I got, I got some good. Yeah. The, master of, the master of fucking with people. That's my title. That's what, be, what I want on my tombstone when I'm done. That's, uh, hey, man, I like that. I was yeah, going to that, but I, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I agree. I, you know, it's um, live fire training is one of the biggest hurdles because well, when I grew up, it was we were getting houses left and right that you could go in and burn. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. my God. I mean, you got so much out of that. That nowadays, you yeah. know, with the, the 423 and, and people doing all the, like you said, the dumb shit in the 80s and the 90s and getting jammed up and killing people and everything else, you know, we, we yeah, something had to happen because you can't just die senselessly in a training fire. That's absolutely pointless. 
Correct. You know, and I don't disagree with it, but I, you know, it always saddened me because I'm like, man, like I really learned what I can take by being at 16 years old, taken into like what would be a living room of these old type three construction homes. And these cats sitting in there with me and lighting us the fire in the corner. Like (laughs) when you can't take it, look at that, you knock it back and you get your ass out. And then you sit there like, I ain't going to be the last one to leave shit on this man. So like, you just, you know, watching the guy next to you at night, sucking, like sucking hardwood. And then the cat next to you at night is like, fuck it, I'm out. And then you're like, Oh God. Oh God. You know? But I mean, I learned how much, first. you know, I learned how to, that taught me how to take those hallways, how to like, when I'm pushing down that, you know, yeah. that thick of that shit. And it's like, mm, yeah, I, I've been here. Like, this is all bad, but like the gears change now, you know, everything's changed. So, you know, the biggest training thing to me is take your eyes out of the equation, shut your eyes. Like when I'm teaching them yes. everything, yes. close your eyes. Don't blindfold yourself if you can't keep them closed because as soon yeah. as you can do that and learn to operate without them and your other senses listening, you know, when I teach these kids, when we're, when we're doing live burns for the recruits, you know, I'm an interior safety. That's lesson time. When we light and we're waiting for them to respond in, I have the igniter sitting down in a corner and I'm like, watch, you know, you see that thermal air, you see where it's yep. dropping right there. Like see all that, that right there. That's like 1263 degrees, man. That is your, you know, your ignition temperature is about to go. You know, you're looking at a span of, you know, 12 parts per million to 73 parts per million, like all these. I'm making them understand everything that they've ever been told because they're physically getting to watch it. And then when it blacks down, yeah, yeah. And then when it blacks down, I'm like, close your eyes and just visualize everything you saw. And I've had so many of them tell me like, man, that is the best, you know, explanation. Like I can truly see it. So I'm like, because when you go in that house fire, you're not going to have that visibility. So now you have that mental image, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's Dude, awesome. that's, uh, I, man, I'm, yeah, that goes. So I'm going to tie us here because, you know, you said something earlier, Mike, that I think is the, the, the key point to drive home, which is you, you have to be at the top of your game in the worst moment of your life in this you job. Like you, the 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 deal is when you swear the oath when you make the choice to take on the job fire service law enforcement military ems emergency response what it doesn't matter right any of that any of that genre world when you decide that that's going to be your life you accept the fact that your shit better be 100% wire tight and 100% on in the worst moment of your life. I had a, a mentor a long time ago, right? Retired Delta guy. And he would say, you know, Jeff, it took me 15 years to be prepared for the worst 15 seconds of my life. Oh God, you can't you know, say and that. That's, dude. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, and I think that's for any of us that have been around any amount of time, you know, that's the, how do you impart that without the younger generation going, Oh yeah, you know, you're just talking shit. No, I'm not, dude. I'm telling you. So I think as you go through things, it's like subtly, how do I begin to build physical condition in a new framework for them? How do I begin to build mental acuity? And then here's the tie-in piece, right? Because not only do I have to be mentally capable in that moment, that pillar three comes full force, yeah, which yeah, is buddy. emotional stability. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, fuck, I know somebody, I know somebody miss it. We maybe we can get to it today. Can, can we fast forward? Can we just fast forward? Let's just go to four. Yeah, yeah can we just, four. Can we just, can we just, oh, man. Uh, damn you. Dude, but I mean, that, that is the piece, Silence. right? Man. 
<laughs> right. Dude, that's it. How do you shut down, years how do you shut down all these salty firemen? Use that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, when I did the podcast like Elliot Rowe, we were talking about self-sabotage. I laughed. I'm like, there's nobody <laughs> sitting on the front bumper of the fire truck right now going, hey, man, how do you self-sabotage today? <laughs> well, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it will and, be you know, a No. <laughs> yes. No, no, I sent you that email. And, you know, it's one yeah. of those, uh, you know, they've done a really good job of teaching us to go from, or, or not, it's not, it's not even being taught. It was this old salty fireman saying, when you cross the threshold of that kitchen door, or that bay, everything that's going on outside this firehouse doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, I got really good at turning that stuff off when I went to the firehouse. What I've had a really hard time with the longer I'm in is when I cross the threshold of my own home, how to, yeah. how to decompress before I cross that threshold. Right. Yeah, man. And, and some of that's that emotional stability that might not have where I need to be. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to say it. Uh, yeah. now you just have to be, uh, willing to change it just like we are with our physical conditioning and our mental conditioning. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, I think I've worked. Yeah. Oh. Go Mike. Go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can't agree more. You know, for, for, for so many years, you know, I just, uh, my, you know, my medicine was a bottle, you know, and, uh, yeah. and then I had, I had kids at the age of 38. I had my first daughter and, you know, I was like, you know, I'll straighten everything out because I have kids now, I'll be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't. And I, you know, I would, I would not drink every day, but I would go out for four hours and just get obliterated, you know, thinking I'm medicating, I'm de-stressing, you know, whatever. Well, then things yeah. just kept getting worse and worse. And, you know, and it got to the point where it's like, dude, like I'm in trouble. And I realized I was in trouble, yeah. you know, my marriage was falling apart, everything. And it was like, I need help. And I had to, I had to go get help. You know, they was going to kill me if I didn't. So, I mean, it sucked to admit that shit. Cause you're like, I'm this salty ass <laughs> fire dude, man. I can't let nobody fucking know I'm broken, you know, but yeah. that was my, <laughs> that was my biggest catalyst in life to, to get me through to where I am or else I've been dead. Like, I mean, it would have been the end to me. Dude. You know, I, I like this. I, I kind of say we're all broken, you know, and, and, and if you, especially in the service, like to me, something broke us somewhere that made us choose this job. Yeah. Wanted, Cause you're crazy. Yeah, you gotta to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or else you're not going to do yeah. very well. So we just, listen, listen, I'll be the psych here. It's, it's three, seven childhood trauma shit. It's all the deal. We've all got shit in our background. Walk around, say you don't, you're an idiot. You do. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah. that Jeff, that Jeff means that I have to go to my mom and say that she's right because uh, uh, my house burnt down at the age of three, and she swears that's why I became the first generation fireman of the family. Uh, so now I have to say she's right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, <laughs> hate to break it to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, but I, like you were saying, Mike, you know, it took you a while to realize, oh crap, I'm I'm in the world of hurt already. Uh, I think if you come in earlier and say, look, I know I've got some demons or some skeletons or some closets or whatever in the closet or whatever, be willing to share that. And I'm not saying go somewhere and be like, Hey, I'm screwed up to everybody that every firehouse you walk in, but, but definitely have somebody you can confide in. You know, I have a really yeah. good firefighter that we've been through the service together and, and he is my brother. I mean, it's one of those, when it starts going downhill in anything, I call him, he calls me. We know that it's just us. Um, and I think having that support helps with that emotions emotional stability because you know unfortunately my lovely wife doesn't always want to hear what it is that i see smell and touch on a regular basis oh yeah, yeah man and just the pers 
Yeah, just the persistent stuff. I mean, that's been that's been true. I mean, shit. I'm. It's not like I'm a freaking hero. I'm on my third marriage. You know. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I've 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 managed to fuck it up plenty over the time <laughs> frame. You know. But I think understanding that it plays such a key part, and you know, it's not like I can be emotionally stable on the job and not at home because that will there there is no half and half deal to this one. It is a it is a all or nothing kind of gig here. And so the willingness to take things on, to work on yourself, to not run away. You know, I had a uh, Sherry Walling on and, and I really liked it. It was funny. And mm -hmm. I thought it would be a huge, you know, response to the podcast. And really it was kind of dead air, but it was the one of like, don't, don't be a cow, you know, cause she gets on it. She's like the real life Wendy Rhodes, you know, pavilion. Like she's a no bullshit psych. Like I'm going to, I'm going to unfuck you and put you right back in the game right now. That's her gig. And you know, she's like, stop being a coward. Why aren't, why aren't you looking at yourself? Why aren't you seeing somebody? Why aren't you dealing with all this shit? Uh, and you know, part of the depth of this now becomes how do I learn effectively how to transition how to, you know, shut it down, be aggressive, be violent, be whatever it is I need to be for the role that I've committed myself to being. And then what do I need? How do I be soft and kind and gentle to my family? Right. Cause it's, it's an all in thing, you know, and I think that's something we haven't done well over our lives. So for you younger crowd that's listening, listen, because <laughs> you don't walk this road. Yeah, I try and tell them all like it's it's going to happen. Like you're you're not going to go through this and not end up with scars and carrying ghosts. It's just you know, but don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Talk to somebody. Like you're like Rob said, just, you know, have a friend. But also, if it gets to that point, have you know a professional person too. It's 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 good. Right, right. You know, my, one of my biggest mistakes was you know just trying to rely on my spouse at the time and not mm. having that professional person and all it did was just overwhelm the whole situation you know so then you go you know get yeah. somebody professional that tells you how to deal with it you know and now yoga meditation i ain't scared to minute you know i'll do them all the time dude you know and there and it's, yeah. it, it's listen after i did my hypnotherapy session with elliot and we dealt with you know the anxiety that i grew up with you know growing up in an angry household all this chaos all this crap going on all the time you know it just perpetually anxious like i actually yeah. when that was done i looked like I looked around, I was like, fuck, I could be good at my job right now. <laughs> you know, like, totally <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. You know, I thought I needed to carry all this stuff for 30 years to be good. Reality is complete opposite. You know what I mean? The more I dump out of there, the more emotionally stable I come become. And listen, the gateway here is, and I'm going to say it again, you can't be one side. It's not a lopsided equation. It's an all or nothing game. And the relevance to work for all of us in this community is we want to be the people that bring the calm to chaos. We want to be the people that can solve the problem and work the problem and, you know, be the calming force in the community when we need to be there. That's kind of the benchmark for how good we are, so to speak, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Don't and be the radio screamer. Yeah, your crew, the civilians, yeah. the whole thing it falls is, to shit yeah. in the handbasket because you're freaking out. Yeah, I, I, so, love throwing, I love throwing out the anchor man. Why are we yelling? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, it's one of those like, there's no reason to be right now, right? Sorry, two breaths before you key the radio. You know, you want action step, two breaths before you key the radio. That's it, just. Uh, Get out and don't uh, sound like an asshole. <laughs>
Yep, I've said it for years. <laughs> Take two seconds, think what you're going to say. Take another five seconds when you get off, and that is going to save millions of lives and several minutes of every fire, of every fire ground, just by you not letting the situation dictate what's going to happen. You dictate. You call the shots. Like you get out of the yep. rig and you say, "All right, motherfucker, I'm in charge." And and I teach that. Right. I literally had an eval from a recruit that said that when I taught them, like he said. He left that room leaving me feeling like I am out there fighting a living, breathing animal. And I was proud. Because yeah. good. Because yeah. you all. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and you have to look at it that way. Well, and Michael, and, that's and, not a that's not a mental thing game either. That's an emotional stability issue. That's why it's that pillar. That is a that is a emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation capacity that gets developed over time. That's what we're talking about there. That's exactly it. That's what you get. Robert, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I, I was agreeing one hundred percent. It's one of those you've you've got to be confident, even if you're confident that you're probably gonna make a mistake. You know, and I I I'll kind of I guess I'm I know I'm moving forward faster than I should, Jumping but it's you. that I know I'm sorry. Uh, but like, you know, like, like Mike was saying, you have to be so there and willing that, you know, like a, my, my oldest daughter just informed me that her teachers are intimidated by me. And I was like, well, why, what did I do? You know, all I did was meet them on the first day. What, what brought this intimidation on? And she said, they say it's the way you walk into the room. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I want to. I want to keep that going. Most definitely, that right. right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm here to very well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, man, I think that's a lot of it. So let's let's just track on to these last three, right? The last three pillars, which I dissected. Now, years ago, I again was a firm believer in like, how do you explain this stuff to somebody? How do you explain what the hell an operational mindset is to somebody and make it make sense? And when I had, you know, my time at the agency was awesome. The people I got to work with, the uh, diverse level of backgrounds and just people I got to talk to interview, then research. And then they kind of, when they opened up the doors for me to really put some pen to paper around some things, here's what I came down to. There were three core traits that existed and really who I think any of us would look at and say, yeah, that guy's that, that person is at the top of their game. That person is an operator. And then I extended it when I got out, looked at business, looked at some, several other areas and they're these same core three aspects so the last three pillars are comfort competence and creativity now you can't have one and not the others right they all go in line and so you know let's let's go through them right i mean when we talk about comfort it is that balance it's that comfort isn't like oh i'm back on my heels and i'm comfortable and i'm smoking and joking and chilling out to me comfort is i'm comfortable in 800, 1300 degrees. I'm comfortable in that room. I'm comfortable putting my ass on the line. I'm comfortable in the most uncomfortable situation anyone can imagine. I can just be in it first off, right? I'm not running for the hills. I'm not running, screaming, scared. I'm not like piling over, you know, rude. I'm sure you've seen it, Robert. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, I'm not the guy like bailing off the nozzle, climbing over everybody to get the fuck out of the house. You know, or, <laughs> before yeah. Oh, yeah i've been run over too yeah dude i've been run over yep i've been like you mother i could get in about 25 minutes i'm going to kick the shit out of you after i put this fire out i've definitely so, had to put you know it, on the ground and calm their asses down like without a doubt like yeah like, totally just, just to come to jesus and we got about two and a half seconds to do it get your shit together like bottom yeah. up, man and, 
And that's that place, man. You can't, you, again, you choose this work. You choose to operate this way. You've got to just accept that you're going to be in it. Like, whatever it is, it could be a total building collapse, could be falling through the floor, could be, you know, freaking ugly stuff strewn out all over the highway. I mean, it's sure. you're going to be in it. And you got to be yeah. okay being in it. That's to me what it is. What do you think, I think? Most definitely. I love it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean you know, that's, that's my, that's my adrenaline there is to, yeah. to be in that, that good uncomfortable, stuff. unfortunately. Yeah. But, but at the same time, right. It's, it's, it's how many years of doing it that that's helped with that, that experience kind of, kind of helps you build that comfort level. Um, but my favorite thing to see is the, the guys and gals who've been in for a while who, uh, you know, you go do a training burn and you take their blood pressure just before, and their heart rate's through the roof and their blood pressure's through the roof. They go in, they do one or two burns, they come back out, get their vitals set again, and they're like calmer. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. things dropped. And it's because they're like, Oh, okay, yeah, I do know this. Never mind. You know, they build the they build it up so much prior and then they get in there and like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. Never mind, forget it. I like this. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing that. And that, that to me is my favorite to see. And and that's what I'm looking for when I when I see good firefighters, is that person who's like yeah, I may be a little antsy right now, but once it's time, once the door slings open for whatever it is, car wreck, fire, EMS call, I don't care. You make that switch of, okay, we're a little amped to, all right, time to do work. Yeah. So, proactive. Yeah, man. you know, I, I love it. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, we, we had a couple of people scheduled to be on the call today, but, you know, I'll speak to like the law enforcement side, the military side, the intelligence community side. I mean, that even extends to like showing up at a country. I used to call it the first two week stink. You know, when you show up into a country before, <laughs> like everybody knows you're the new guy, like everybody oh, knows, yeah. you know, uh, oh yeah, when I was in Africa the first time, I mean, it's like, they know you just showed up and it's like, how do I remove that? How do I get comfortable in this place? How am I comfortable, you know, walking down the back alleys in some freaking African country with a bunch of money in my bag to go do some stuff, right? It's like, I got to be comfortable. I have to, I have to <laughs> a level of comfort there that then detracts from people potentially right wanting to cause harm or coming up or anything else you got to be okay i mean i've walked into ass ends of nowhere guys with me that are like you're not walking in there sure why the fuck not we're fine you know i know my way out we have my way out we're okay so i think that that you know not only operating from the fire ground you know bells and whistles and everything else that goes to the subtleties too you know law enforcement side am i comfortable you know in this you know if i'm working freaking south la or something or whatever the you know neighborhoods are up there and i'm a rookie cop you know they know it they know it they can see yeah. oh it. yeah you know what i mean so it's getting that you know that comfort really is get the stink off right it's it's overcoming that in my opinion mike what do you think what do you got so what or sorry robert no, no, go ahead, Mike. I'll, oh, I got a question. I got a question. On yeah, I can't. Um, yeah, dude, I cannot to get a comfort is my favorite one on here. You know, I love every one of them, but comfort's the one that jumps out to me the most because um, I, you know, you go, I work in a very diverse area and it, they're super yep. slow. Then they're super fat. You know, you go east and then you're the busier stations. You're going to run more calls and everything else. And I see more people like, I want to go to a slower station and blah, blah, blah. Well, when I go to the slower station, I'm like, all right, I have to be like, I have to train all day, every day, all day, like the whole tour, man. I'm like, I'm doing something to try and to make sure that I'm up on my game because that's the only way you stay comfortable. If you're like, oh God, you know, I really suck at this new, you know, uh, CPR methods and stuff. Well, 
get on your hands and knees and do it. Run through the whole thing. Read it. Do it. You know, keep doing it because repetition will lead to retention. One of my lieutenants states that religiously, and I love it because it's the truth. You know, if you're scared of it, you ain't done it enough. Get your ass in there and do it till you're comfortable. Do it to where you're like, I got this. You know, like when you get off that rig, you know, like like like, like Rob's saying, it's go time. It's not time then to, for a lesson. You know, lessons happen at your hot wash afterwards, your curbside chat. But when your feet hit that damn battlefield, it is time to go to fucking war. Do your shit. Kill or be killed. You know, like in game, like be on your game prior to. So proactive. I know you keep hearing me say it, but like I am. It's been beaten into me since I was a child. You know, you be proactive, not reactive. You know, you think somebody's going to fight you, you pop them in the mouth first. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. No, nobody likes watery eyes. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it boils down to this understanding that there's a biological function that occurs where familiar exists, and if things are unfamiliar meaning unexperienced or newly experiencing, it delays decision-making, it delays action, it delays a variety of things, and then actually causes, you know, a greater level of chemical dump and, and, and imbalance in the central nervous system, like biological shit that happens when you experience something for the first time. And so, you know, Mike, to your point, it's like, yeah, I'm going to train. Yeah, I'm going to push. Yeah, I'm going to go. Because what I'm doing is I'm actually building some biological aspects that will support me when that moment comes. Robert, you had a question. What were you going to ask? Talking about, you know, uh, and Mike probably has some good input on this too, right? So, but what happens when we get, uh, how do I phrase this, right? So firehouse, right? When you're at the firehouse, you're not out there doing it. But we get to a state of comfort where we, and I'm, I'm experiencing this with some younger folks, where we get so comfortable that we drop the professionalism out of it, right? Right. We, we don't know when to turn one off and one the other. We just get comfortable right out of the gate of being at the firehouse, joking, having a good time, to the point where that almost borders the, okay, now you're not behaving as you should. You know, how do you keep that from happening? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know the ways that I handle it, but I'm sure there's a better way. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, so it comes down to a good question because often when I say comfort, you know, you see people are like, what do you mean? I shouldn't be comfortable because when most people think comfort, they kind of have this draw towards complacency, towards easy, yeah. towards whatever. That's, that's the antithesis of what we're talking about here. Comfort to me is like hard hard to operate yes. at it at that level and so difficult challenging right that's that's comfort to me when i speak about comfort it's comfort is the byproduct to be able to operate in any condition possible it's not i'm getting complacent and i'm getting lazy you know with my people you know i mean i work when i was in the military my my reconstance unit we were all kind of first name people until we stepped out of line and then friggin team leader be like hey assholes pull your freaking Kevlar's out and I'm going to walk your ass into the ground. We're like, no, <laughs> like, like, like we could, we could be Jay and Mike, you know, and Paul and Jeff, we could be all of, all of that, but we knew when it was game time and, and that's what creates kind of those, those, those units the way they are. Uh, but you know, Robert, I mean, that's a, that's a challenge point where it's like, I'm, I'm not training you to be comfortable here. You better be in uniform. You better be on time. 
You know, if you're not 15 minutes right. early, you're 10 minutes late, get your head out of your ass. You know, we are, we, how you act professionally will actually dictate your comfort in chaos. You know, and like, are you, Mike, I don't know if you're seeing it, but I mean, are you seeing, uh, less of that, that, that ability to turn on and off um, uh, with your recruits? I mean, I know. Yes. And no, I'm seeing like, it a little more, uh, you know, yes and no. Like I think it, I, I see it harder to get it to turn on to the reality of what they're dealing with. Um, and they then, yeah, ask, I think that's more what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. And then, but once we get them, I mean, normally by the tail end of the Academy, when they graduate, they're on it. And I call it, the six month death uh, death walk because they go out in the field for their probation for six months and they just they the the very few make it all the way through that keep that that mentality. By the time you see them six months right. later, you're like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> well, everybody was watching TV, so I was watching TV, you know. And I I I try and lect not lecture, but give them motivational speeches before they leave. And I'm like, be the change. Don't be told to shut up and don't ask no questions. The only question you, you the only smart questions are the one you don't ask. No, that's dumb, man. You know, ask questions. Be mo- if they're not training you, pull that attack line off that rig, run it through the lounge, over the fucking recliner they're sitting in, you know, and keep going. And if they still don't get their asses up and help you, fucking call me. I'll come do it, and then I'll break it down for them and make it make sense. Exactly. You know? Yep. You know, and um, because you'll see, I often say, man, there's a fine line between, you know, comfort, and cockiness, you know, and, and confidence and cockiness, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and so I, I, it's probably, it's probably a bad trait of mine. Cause I don't know if I can turn it off, but like you, you know, I'll see people do a good thing and I'll tell them, man, you did great. What was your backup plan? Right. What if it didn't go this way? What? And I'm just, and they're like, well, why are you grilling me? I did a good job. I'm like, cause I don't want you to get comfortable. I want you because that's not going to be right. That's not going to no fire has not ever work the next time. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been doing this for a while now. I have never been on a fire that's duplicated another ever. I was I I used to, I I got into this theoretical conversation one time where we were redeveloping all these scenarios, all these training programs, and I said I said let me ask you this question: Whose experience was this training even based on? who said this was the way we needed to do it because they they had they did that 75 years ago 100 years ago no that's never gonna happen again yeah so i love fucking with guys and you know root i mean you're right it's like how do i balance this game how do i teach my people to be comfortable in this moment not comfortable like in the recliner Right. Confidence. And then, and then, yes. Yes. Or confidence, and then we right. move to confidence, right? Cause most times when you hear confidence, it's like be confident, but not too confident. And let's break it down. Cause confidence here has no, there is no place for arrogance. Confidence is, is like, is equal to humble. You know, I mean, yes, I watched, uh, I watched the, what did she say? Shit. It's got to come to me for a minute. Morgan, and I watched the Brene Brown Netflix, uh, episode the other day where she's talking about vulnerability and uh she was talking about vulnerability and and like uh performance or something you know whatever word she used that you didn't think they went together right and she was sitting next to a plane and guy says you know what do you what do you do and i talk about vulnerability in this and he's like oh so complete opposite she's like no they're the same fucking thing like you have to be vulnerable to perform at this level you had that can't have the others so when we talk about confidence, we talk about comfort. You know, these are things that there's no place for arrogance or any of that stuff. Humble and, con- you know, I've got to be humble in order to be able to reach this point of confidence because it's that 
it's that place that I know inside, okay, I can, I can either deal with this or I can figure this out. I mean, that's really when I strip down what it boils down to. It's like the confidence Mm -hmm. to to just figure it out. Like I'll be a resourceful motherfucker and figure this shit out any way you give it to me because it's my job. What do you guys think? (laughs) If if you're going to go root your, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Discipline, man. And when I stripped down and looked in that mirror, discipline, and I cannot expect to, for my crew to give me the buy-in that I want if I'm not disciplined myself. So as a leader, I, you know, if it's the actual call, foot for, you know, and I got the, and you guys will, will probably know, I can't, you know, forgive me for not knowing his name, but, um, you know, the, the military Vietnam war, first foot on the battlefield, last foot off, yep. man, that has resonated with me forever. I come out of a working fire last with my hand on the pipe, the tip of the pipe. I know when I step through that threshold outside that my people are out. I've yep. accounted for them. They all move the line out. I'm the last one out. I stick to that like glue, you know, often, you know, am I stern? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to change that because there's a discipline in this job. You got to understand, you know, now am I screaming and yelling at people? No, but will I stop a fire truck at 3 AM and start pulling lines because it just went to hell in a handbasket? You're God dang right. I will. We will pull fucking lines the rest of the night, man, until we get it right. Repetition leads to retention. So, you know, of late, I've had young officers tell me, well, they're telling me I'm too hard on my crew. You know, I'm too hard on my crew. And my answer to that is always going to be, well, at least you're not standing on their fucking, their family's doorstep telling them they're dead. Yeah. So, I mean, we had had an E7, you know, Robert Guy was about the size of Pip. And man, he would get in our ass. He'd be like, let me tell you boys something. You want to play fuck around, fuck around? I wrote the goddamn book on fuck around, fuck around. We can do this all <laughs> and Then you know you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, I had a hard dose captain that uh, we went to a, a, a rekindle, and he canceled all the other working fire units and just kept it to the first engine and ladder. Yeah. And he's like, this is y'all's now. You get to figure out why it came, why it relit, you know, and that sticks. Gosh, I mean, that memory right now is drilled my head to the point where I'm not going to forget that. Yeah. But yeah, and then also being a, a, a new station officer, my favorite is the dad speech, right? Mm-hmm. The I'm not mad. I'm just really disappointed in, in how, how you behaved on that or how you acted on that, you know, and the, gosh, I, I got to give my first one, you know, not too long ago. And I was like, wow, that really worked. Yeah, Matt. Well, yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to step into some leadership conversations later, you know, in this podcast, like some real deal, hard line, you know, how do I lead? How do I, how do I lead today's, you know, firefighters, law enforcement officers, today's generations, the people that are out there. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of complexity to that. And, you know, there's so much that's going on. And then that leads, you know, it's just going to lead us to the last one, which is creativity. And, you know, it mm-hmm. is, you know, Root, you said this at the beginning. I'm going to work the problem, not let the problem work me. You know, the situation isn't going to dictate the outcome. I am. And in order to solve that problem, you're never going to experience the same thing twice, ever. You know, nope, you may never, have, never. You know, <laughs> traits and signs and, and bits of bits and pieces, but it will never be the same twice. And so 
understanding that when I exist as creative, that's an every day, all the time, every call deal. That's not like reserved for, you know, the kid stuck down the well, you know what I mean? That you're like, how the hell do you even get in here? That's not what we're talking about. Every minute of every day, it's bringing that level of creativity to really humble yourself in front of whatever's taking place and say, all right, let's figure it out. You know, what do we got to do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You think outside the box. Uh, yeah. Should be one of your biggest training things all the time. You know, play what if, you know, the yeah. what if game can annoy the hell out of people. But man, can you learn from that? Because if that one kid's what if pops into your head when you're trying to make that critical decision, that shit's going to make or break the day, you know, and 90% of the time it's going to make the day because you're like, wow, kid, way to go. You know, <laughs> that one thing you said popped into my head. I'd say that whole take something from somebody, you know, yeah. <laughs> get out and look at that thing. Like I started harping on people because nothing would piss me off more than when I see people out front pouting because they're a red team. Well, you know, God, that's my life in there. That's, you know, your job is to get yeah. my ass out. So, when I start talking to people about, hey, what'd you get on your RIT 360 and shit? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, your RIT 360. So, like, you do a completely separate 360. You're dissecting this thing. Where are they operating? Which way the wind moving? Where's the fire? Where are they going to retreat? If they call a mayday, you know, how am I going to get to them? Where's the walkout in the basement? You know, not just identifying these things because it's a checkbox, but, like, you should have your own separate mindset yeah. as the RIT team. Like, when you ring that bell or you call that, you click that mic and yell for help, like, I got something. I've done dissected this thing. I know this type of house. I'm coming after you instead of the old, you know, front door push, get kicked back out by the fire. Like, I'm going to VES in a window, you know, or you should retreat back this way. If the wind's blowing that way, the fire's going to push down on you. So you're going to tuck into one of these two bedrooms. You can, I mean, the, 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 the you know, the situations outside will dictate this to you all the time if you're willing to just think outside the box. Like, Dude, what if, if I was in there, where would I hide? That's, would I and that's, that's taken, you know, that's a, I feel like we, we get in a spot where it's like, Oh, I'm stuck here, man. Everything's an opportunity to learn. You know, I mean, you, you got, absolutely, seat. man, you got a front row seat to the best movie playing right now and a chance to learn shit and yeah. expand, you know, so many of your assets, like so many understanding points of understanding that, that I, I get, yeah, you know, reality that's, you want to be inside doing it, but that's not your job today. It'll come. It'll be there. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll yeah. happen. Right. Well, and then my favorite thing to do is if, if you are, you know, if you were just water splatter or whatever, when the fire's over, grab your people and, and walk through. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Great point. And say, look, you know, yeah. Look at, look at, look at what happened in here. Can you, and like you were saying before, Mike, about close your eyes. Can you see how yeah. the fire traveled? You know, look at it first. Yeah, show them the burn pattern. Close your eyes and tell me. Yeah, and then now close your eyes and tell me if you can feel where everything was. You know, look at where everything's piled out the window. Can you guess where the couch is now? And I think that helps build that creativity so that, like you said, when they're on grit, they're not just standing there going, I can't believe I'm on grit. Instead, they're standing there going through trying to paint a middle picture of what the inside of that, that structure looks like, whether it's a house, a store, whatever, uh, they're trying to look at it through their mind with their eyes closed, as opposed to actually being inside. Cause they don't get to be right now. It's okay. You, you're going to have your day. It's going to shine one day, but you know, right now be that person who's being creative by saying, I know that that's a living room. Yeah. Why? Well, because through the window, I can see Absolutely. the back of the TV or whatever. Great point. 100%. Yeah. So let's do this. Here we go. 
right? So we've got our six pillars. We kind of went through them today. I, I'm going to give each of you like a two minute. I'll give, we'll start with Robert and then we'll go to Root. And I'll give you, I'll give you a He's going to get the last word. He's going to be able to get close. So, oh, uh, there it is. two minutes, it like, is. give me your final wrap up. Give me your final thoughts. What do you need to say? What do you want to leave somebody with? Go for it. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, no pressure, right? Uh, there it is. I like being in the pressure. No, so, I mean, like, really, it's one of those, each one of these builds on the next, right? Uh, and, I, and I do like that you use pillars because, you know, you can look at it as pillars. You can look at it as steps. And that, and I do mean steps as in the physical staircase and that, if one of them's missing, you're not going to the top. Uh, if one of them's missing, the building's coming down. Uh, and they all build off each other. You know, look at the physical, all right? You start getting better uh, physically. You start saying, well, why do I still suck? Well, maybe it's because mentally you're not pushing yourself into yep. that uncomfortable place. Uh, you know, it's my, f you know, let's go at 30 minutes with something heavy, just carrying it and see what happens to you. You know, you're going to break down both physically and mentally, all right? So now I need to be better at that. Uh, from there, get into that emotional stability, mm -hmm. be okay with the failure of it all. Uh, you know, I mean, for me, that's once I realized it's okay to fail and, and feel bad about it, but not sulk over it for weeks on end, that's okay. Um, it's okay to feel bad for somebody who you don't know, who you just had to cut out of a car that was mangled on the highway. Uh, share that, be willing to share that, understand that that is human and it's okay. Uh, comfort uh, be uncomfortable with it i love it it's it's where i thrive i love the pressure uh the the part-time job i have right now is actually pretty laid back but i love it when it's chaotic because that's when it's like <laughs> home uh from there you know i mean everybody's like oh it's crazy you know no i kind of like this this is pretty good let's keep going with this uh again confidence you know be confident in whatever action you take i would rather you make the wrong decision than make no decision at all uh, I think that's that's one of the ones I tell my my new folks all the time, and and I got to do a rookie school for a year, and that was the biggest thing was pick one, pick something, go with it until it fails, and when it fails, be confident in the next one that you pick, uh, and then creativity, man, you can, what uh, roots thirty years in, and he's still probably learning, like you said, he is learning every day, and that's that's that creativity of, hey, yeah, sure, somebody's had a success with this, whatever this is, but. I'm willing to say there might be another way. Uh, I'm going to take the input they gave me. I'm going to absorb the knowledge that they're sharing with me. But at the same time, I'm going to say devil's advocate yeah. or what if with it every time. Uh, I think that was a quick two minutes, and I hope that covered it. I, I really hate that part. So I appreciate you doing that. Buddy's <laughs> only half the word, man. Buddy's only half the word. All right. All right there, young man. Happy birthday today. But, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. One more. One more. One more. Oops, sorry. I forgot this. This is my top thing yeah. ever. Look at the long game. Yes. Stop looking at, yeah. at the immediate and look at the long game. And then, I, then it's Root's birthday. I wish to God I knew that 30 years ago that somebody would have taught me that, man. Thank you for saying that because I, I, I too, try to say the same thing. Look at the long game. Where do you want to be at the end of this? Yeah. Because it does end. Right, yeah, I'd probably be a little I better really, off. Right, yeah, me man. too. My knees wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, what do you got? <laughs> your pillars. I, I think that you're really onto something with this because you know you can't build a high rise without a foundation. Yeah. Um, you can't level up without you know 
reassuring and restructuring every floor, man. So like you, you really got a good thing going here. You know, your physical condition, you have to be a tactical athlete in this. You can't just tell yourself that it's okay to be 40 pounds overweight and expect to shoot your heart rate to its max potential and function without going home and falling over dead. You will yeah. die. You have got, you know, I'm not saying you need to go out there and be the world's best athlete, but you should train to your job. Trained to do what you were supposed to do. You took an oath, just like they said, and that my life mm -hmm. and all y'all's lives depend on it. Um, you know, mental state, after 30 years of doing this, um, that's something I wish to God people had talked to me about um, then. And I can't tell you how many countless incredible heroes that taught me are dead now because of alcoholism and things like that. Um, and uh, so be aware of it. Be aware and don't be afraid to say something. Reach out. You know, if somebody asks you if something's yeah. wrong, tell them if it's wrong. Um, you know, your, your emotional stability leads right into that, too. Everybody has bad days. There's bad shit that goes home, you know, whatever. If life at home is upside down or whatever, there's leave for a reason. Don't come to work just to not burn leave. If you can't come to work and drop your shit at the door and be on point, don't come to work. Take leave until you can get your shit together. But once you know you can drop it at that door, come in and say, I got you, you know, that's where you have to be. When you're on the floor, you need to be there. When you leave, talk to somebody if you need to. Don't take it home, you know? Same concept is when you drop those bags, you know, the home bags at the door. Well, when you're walking out the next morning, you drop the work bags at the door. Don't take that shit home, man. Um, comfort. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're fucking it up. <laughs> if you are sitting here comfortable, you are doing it wrong. You should be uncomfortable. You should find something. You know, to me, a lot of times I'll turn to EMS. I don't do it as much. So I, I'm like, what am, I, what am I uncomfortable with? Well, if somebody handed me a tablet right now saying, do this EMS report, well, shit, you know? But I still run back to my, you know, so I, so I train on that stuff. I train on my water supply stuff. All the stuff that I don't do that often, especially riding a desk right now, teaching recruit schools, is what I sit there, one hour self-study every day. You know, one of the other podcasts I listen to, he does a great job. It's, you know, one hour physical training, one hour studying, one hour mental yeah. prep. Like I stick to that religiously. Um, confidence, don't let your confidence become cocky. Be humble for God's sakes. Yeah. Screw up, show them you screwed up, show them that you're willing to learn from the screw up and they will trust you 10 times more. If they know that you're, you're not out there proving to be some perfect, you know, imperfect person well they're never going to want to truly believe you you come out and say well that went to shit no i really we got to figure it out, out. i screwed that all up you know and they're going to trust you more you know yeah i fucked that one up bad like that did not go the way i thought it was going to <laughs> Dude, those my i mean creativity man who's got plan c <laughs> right right who's got plan c right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then when you come into your creativity you know think outside the box look at that house and dissect it look at that building and dissect it look at the cars the different trainings everything you do yeah. look at it through a different set of eyes you have to don't just look at it one way focused and, and teach yourself to be able to play them all you know my, my favorite thing that i say every day is educate motivate dominate educate yourself educate others motivate yourself motivate others so that all of you yeah. can dominate the task at hand and uh and i, and I live my life well, so. dude, congratulations on 30 years in a fire service, man. That's a, that's a massive... Thank you, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, 
thank you for everything you've done you know i appreciate it you know i know the i know the world you're in and so you know i really appreciate you robert i appreciate you coming on today uh joining us great conversation guys do me a favor stick around for just a minute but listen right now what i want everybody to know is available for you all from the law enforcement fire service ems community doesn't matter if you go visit opmindset.org. We've created the Operational Mindset Foundation designed to help you prepare yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally to step into harm's way. So whether that's through programs or services or support that your organization needs, you can take advantage of it. It's privately funded and free to the department, so we'll work with you. So swing by opmindset.org. There's a spots for scholarships and grants. Fill out your information, apply for a grant, apply for a scholarship, get involved, bring something great to your organization, bring something great to your department. So again, thanks for listening. Can't wait to be back on on Monday. Guys, thanks for joining me. Stick around for a second and we'll talk to you soon.